Hello, everyone. This is Omar Aran from the Barrier Jazzmobile, and you are listening to the People Podcast. And please enjoy. Welcome back to the People Podcast, where we are rolling on with episode 49. This week, I'm talking to Omar Aran, who is the director of the Bay Area Jazzmobile. Here's how this week's episode came together. I was biking through San Francisco recently when I stumbled upon a very unique street concert. The concert was hosted by the Bay Area Jazzmobile, and there was a number of people that were gathered around a Sprinter van to enjoy some free live music. I stuck around for about 10 minutes, and I loved every minute of it. Great music, great vibes, and everyone else seemed to really enjoy it as well. When I left the concert, I was incredibly intrigued. So I reached out on Instagram, and soon enough, I linked up with Omar for an awesome conversation. But that's enough for me, so let's hear from Omar Aran and learn more about the Bay Area Jazzmobile. Omar, thanks for joining the show. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for um, reaching out and for having us on. Absolutely. Well, before we get to the Bay Area Jazzmobile, I wanted to first take a bit of a step back. Do you remember the first time you heard jazz music and what your initial thoughts were? Uh, Yeah, so I don't remember exactly when, but at home, my parents had jazz on all the time. And my sister and I, we used to hate it. (laughs) Uh, Our parents would also, they take us to jazz festivals and we didn't like it at all. But then when, when I was a teenager, um, I started listening to it on my own and, and encountered that it was, it was great. So I'm sure being exposed to it at, at an early age um, made a huge influence. But I can say that at, at the time, uh, upon first, first encountering jazz, I did not like it. When you start to get into the genre, who were some of the main jazz artists that you really started to like? I think the, the first jazz artist I was um, attracted to was Charlie Parker. And I can't even remember how I got to Charlie Parker. Um, Well, he is, if not the biggest, one of the biggest um, names in jazz. But I remember the first two records I purchased on my own, um, one was the Metallica Black record, and another was the Charlie Parker record. So um, Charlie Parker was awesome. Max Roach on the drums. Um, really uh, struck a note. And so that's where things began for me. So you start to like the genre, and then I know that you eventually started to join in on the fun and play instruments yourself. These days, you're a jazz drummer, but how did you fall in love with the drums? And was that always your go-to instrument? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. I I was um, listening as as a young person, probably around 12 or 13, to a lot of rock and roll. And um, I just started to listen to the drums more attentively. And then I remember um, buying a pair of sticks and just hitting anything around uh, from my knee to furniture, uh, pretty much anything. And from there, my parents um, bought me a little practice kit made out of practice pads, like rubber practice pads, so I wouldn't make a lot of noise. And then I think I got my first real drum kit when I was 16. And yeah, it was pretty much always the drums. Started out liking rock and rock drummers and then um, moved on to jazz, although I still really like rock and roll and a whole bunch of other different um, styles. But um, but yeah, I'm a child of rock and roll. And from there, I went to jazz. 
So playing the drums for jazz music is a lot different than rock and roll. Did you ever experiment with doing like drums for rock and roll music? And did you kind of just end up on jazz or how did that go? Oh, definitely. The the first, my first experiences playing with other people were in rock bands, um, just with friends, um, playing rock covers and then eventually playing um, original music. But it was all rock and roll. And yeah, there is a big difference between rock drums and jazz drums, although um, you could say that they all come from the same source, which is uh, African music. And the one common denominator, I feel, or the one thing that has always attracted me is uh, the groove. So in rock, you have like that, you know, the rock groove. And in jazz, you have the swing feel, which is the groove of that particular music. Um, so while there are many differences, I think there's that common thread and I find attractive to that, to that common thread in all different styles. Like if it's Afro-Cuban music, you know, the clave and the different patterns that exist in that music, or if it's classical Indian music, what the tabla is doing and just the groove of the drum is what's always attractive. Well, with all the different types of music that you've been exposed to over the years, what is it about jazz music that most stands out to you? Wow. Um, that's a great question. And I think there are many things, but um, just off the top of my head, it's once again the groove, you know, that swing feel that you get, that you get when you hear like a walking bass and the ride cymbal of the, of the drum kit playing together. And then everything that goes on in, in the music, whether it's, the improvisation or the dynamics or uh, being able to express yourself as an individual within a group. So you're playing in a group and you're going for a common goal with your other musicians, but at the same time you have your own voice and your voice is your contribution. And so how that works is is pretty amazing uh, because you have a bunch of individuals with their own voice coming together to create something collectively that can be different every time. So that's a pretty cool aspect of, of jazz. Yeah, it really is a big team effort. And that's what I saw at the Bay Area Jazz Mobile recently. And we got to talk about it, Omar. I believe this is something that started during the pandemic. But can you talk about how the idea came together? Sure. So um, there has been a jazz mobile in New York since the 1950s. And what they do is um, they have a, a, a flatbed truck that turns into a stage and they would take jazz musicians to the different boroughs in New York, especially the places where um, people uh, didn't have access to live music or, or couldn't afford going to hear live music or live jazz. So ever since I found out about that, I had wanted to do something similar. Um, I grew up in Mexico City, Mexico, and I had the chance to play jazz in public spaces in Mexico City, and I, I noticed that you really didn't need a preconception of the music to enjoy it, because, you know, jazz is not native of Mexico, and a lot of people who we, we, we saw really liked the music had no idea of what it was they were listening to. So with that experience in mind, and after... Um, living here in the Bay Area uh, since 2004. Uh, when the pandemic hit, and even before the pandemic, um, there's been a trend where a lot of live music venues have um, either closed 
or the cost uh, associated with listening to live music has um, increased and has made, made it not accessible to many, many people. So when the pandemic hit, uh, I didn't have any gigs. There was no live music. Um, so I decided to try this out. You know, I thought it would work because all of our concerts are outdoors. And um, there are plenty of amazing public spaces, not only in the city, but in the whole Bay Area. And um, it would also be a way to uh, give some employment opportunities to local musicians and to take jazz music to people who might not uh, go to a jazz show on their own or can't go to a jazz show on their own. So um, I just thought it would be beneficial in many ways. And so when the pandemic hit, I just said, well, let's, let's try it. And um, it's been pretty cool so far. Yeah, you kind of touched on it there, but it's such a beautiful thing because it's a win-win for everyone involved. You're not only providing the public with free outdoor street concerts, but you're also creating jobs for local jazz musicians. Um, can you elaborate on the grants and donations of the Bay Area Jazz Mobile that make all of this possible? Sure. So um, since October of um, 2020, we've, we've been able to present more than 200 concerts, and we've guaranteed a fair wage to over 300 local jazz musicians, which has been amazing. Um, and we've been able to do this um, through grants and, and donations and partnering with um, other organizations such as Jazz in the Neighborhood, Music in Place, the California Arts Council, the Marin County Community Foundation, the San Bruno Community Foundation, Jam Bar, which is a company that makes these amazing granola energy bars. So we've been able to partner with a whole bunch of people, uh, San Francisco Parks Alliance, to find the funds to be able to do exactly what you mentioned, to take music to public spaces, but all the while guaranteeing every performer a fair wage. We believe that that's you know, super important these days especially, and um, it's been really gratifying to be able to uh, pay every performer um, what we consider a fair wage. I love it. And when I saw it, it was on the Sunday streets, um, Soma area. But how do you decide the location week in and week out? Well, so um, what we do is when during the pandemic, we did a lot of concerts at um, Washington Square Park in North Beach in San Francisco. And we were able to play there because um, we did not require a permit. And because um, the community and the neighbors there were very willing to have us and everything was great. As more people started to notice us, we got invitations from different organizations such as Livable City. They're the organization who, um, who puts on the Sunday streets events. And so they reached out to us and we were able to play in every one of their events. And then we've been approached by the city of Berkeley, for example, we've been approached by San Francisco Parks Alliance, um, We've been approached by neighborhood organizations. And so I think that's one of the, the coolest experience, experiences that I've had so far is seeing how um, different people come together uh, with the same goal to you know, bring a little bit of joy and culture to people's lives. So now things are just rolling. I don't have to go out and look for as many places to play. We get invited to places to play. Um, I guess the, the biggest challenge for us right now is to obtain the funding necessary um, to keep going. 
Well, that's awesome. That has continued to grow. And I saw you guys in San Francisco. I know you mentioned that you've played in Berkeley, but what are some other cities in the Bay Area that have hosted the Bay Area Jazzmobile? So we played, oh man, so we played in um, San Bruno. We played at the public schools there through a grant from the San Bruno Community Foundation. We played in uh, Vallejo. We played in Marin County in Larkspur. We played in uh, Mountain View. We played for the Community Services Agency on one of their events for the unhoused population of the peninsula, which was super cool. Where else have we played? We've played in South San Francisco, uh, in Daly City, and a few other spots that, that I can't remember right now. But our intention is to cover as many different um, barrier locations and affect as many different communities and neighborhoods as possible with um, focus on those communities that might not have access to live arts um, and to live jazz. You guys are all over the map. That is really great to hear. Now, you mentioned that the Bay Area Jazzmobile is always looking for more funding. So if people are listening to this and they want to support the cause, how can they do so? Sure. So they can donate to our, our website, which is bayareajazzmobile.org. They can sign up to our newsletter and there is a donate uh, button on the website. Or they can look for us on PayPal or Venmo under Bay Area Jazzmobile. Of course, you know, donations are very much appreciated and they all go towards providing more concerts and paying more musicians. Right on. And then I know outside of the Bay Area Jazz Mobile, Omar, you're also a jazz teacher. Can you talk about what the most rewarding part is about helping others fall in love with the genre? Oh, yeah. Um, teaching is great. And teaching, just being able to, you know, either guide or refer people to, uh, to jazz music and get them into the genre or help them discover uh, maybe a, an artist they didn't know about is super gratifying to me because I think jazz is very important. I think jazz is a truly American art form. It's part of our culture. It's uh, an African-American art form uh, that is universal. It's a universal language nowadays. I mean, everybody in, in, in many parts of the world knows about jazz and has their own take and their own voice in the genre, which is amazing. So obviously, as a player, and as a, a jazz, someone who loves jazz, I'd like to see it um, even more present, especially among uh, younger generations. You know, I feel that um, jazz is so cool because it, it, it almost requires you, requires you to be a little rebellious to kind of stretch boundaries and to kind of break rules. Um, so I think that is something really cool for young people because, you know, it's kind of a natural impulse that we all have when we're, when we're young, I guess, or even when we're not young. So being able to uh, promote this wonderful art form, whether it's teaching or whether it's playing or whether it's presenting concerts, um, free concerts for the public is, is uh, super gratifying. I'm glad you mentioned the younger generation because I was reading an article in the Chronicle where you said that jazz seems to be a dying art form and that if we don't get it to the kids, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, I know you teach people of all ages, but have you seen enough kids with a passion for jazz to give you hope for the future? Well, I, I, the kids that I have seen um, are, are super passionate and very well informed. 
but I do kind of feel that we're up against a lot. So um, if you take a look at access to all this information that kids have nowadays, including, you know, social media, iPhones, iPads, YouTube, I feel that we're competing with these other mediums to get jazz out there. And I also think it's not readily accessible. I have a fear that jazz will turn into like classical music in terms of it'll be associated with only a, a certain sector of the population and it won't be uh, present in our daily lives. And that would be a shame because if, if we look at where it comes from um, and how it evolved, it's always been uh, about, you know, the community and about neighborhoods and about young people and about being in the neighborhood and about, you know, having access to not only the music, but to the musicians at small clubs, being able to buy records. So I'm kind of fearful of, of losing that and for the music to become some kind of relic or some kind of museum piece. So that's a concern that I, I definitely do have. So yes, our goal is to affect as many young people as possible. And if we can have concerts out there at places where uh, young people might congregate and it's for free, and they stumble upon it and, you know, they get bitten by the jazz bug, well, then mission accomplished. I will say, when I was out there, I did see a kid dancing and having the time of his life. So <laughs> I think it is spreading and it's working. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you ever saw the Disney movie Soul that came out kind of recently, but I feel like that may have helped infiltrate jazz music into the younger demo. Yeah, um, for sure. I think it all helps. And I think, you know, mainstream. Uh, mainstream things like, you know, Disney movies is great. And I think, you know, radio, whatever we can do to make jazz uh, more present in our lives, I think it's, it's better for, for us all um, because it's a, it's a wonderful art form. And, you know, it's about also the coming together of, of different uh, cultures and creating something. And um, I think that's super relevant nowadays. Yeah, it really just is about exposure, I think, because I didn't really know too much about the jazz genre or really care about it that much until I was in New Orleans um, quite a few years ago. And I got to see like some live music there and really kind of got bit by the jazz bug and started to really fall in love with it then. So the Bay Area Jazzmobile is great to just kind of expose people to a new genre that they might just be overlooking. But uh, when you look back at all of the Bay Area Jazzmobile and everything you've accomplished with it, what are you most proud of? Uh, you know what I'm really proud of, Brian? Um, the community, the, the, you know, the jazz community, because we've received tons of support from organizations such as Jazz in the Neighborhood that has, you know, Jazz in the Neighborhood um, has been promoting this music locally to neighborhoods for the last eight or nine years. We've received support from, you know, all of the musicians who have performed. It's not an ideal setting for musicians just because, Playing outdoors is challenging. Um, playing uh, under the elements, you know, like the wind, the sun is difficult. Um, playing when there's a lot of street noise is also challenging. But I think uh, all of my colleagues are well aware that um, it's a good thing to get the music out there. Um, so I've been super proud of, of the community that, that has been um, present around this project and that has really made this project take off in a way. So that, that, that's, that's something that I'm super proud of. 
I will say the outdoor environment might not be totally ideal, but in terms of weather, I mean, it's tough to be playing outdoors in San Francisco, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the cool thing about California in general. I mean, um, we've had concerts in January uh, in really good weather. Um, so I think it's a perfect spot to be doing this type of thing. Um, and, and we're looking forward to, you know, concerts and, and I mean, if we can hit every neighborhood in the Bay area, we'd be happy. Well, I'm rooting for that to happen, Omar. And then looking ahead, I know you just said you want to play in every neighborhood in the Bay area, but on top of that, what are some of your other future plans for the Bay area jazz mobile? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Brian. So I think in the short term, um, just to be able to, I guess, acquire some some sort of financial stability. We'd also like to hire, in the short term, just you know, a couple of positions. For example, someone that could help us develop and um, establish a path for growing the nonprofit. Um, I'd also love to hire a stage manager. We'd also like to improve some of our our backline. I'd like to acquire a little better quality PA. And then in the long term, Brian, it would be awesome if the Bay Area Jazzmobile could really turn into a permanent option for Bay Area residents and, and neighbors in terms of listening to live music. I'd love to have maybe, you know, if possible, a couple of different vehicles or a bigger vehicle to allow us to present an even better experience for our listeners and viewers. I'd love to have even more musicians on board. Man, a Barrier Jazz will be a big band, would be an incredible project. Yeah, lots of ideas, tons of ideas. But I guess in the short term, just to uh, get some sort of financial stability that would allow us to plan for the future is a goal of ours. Sounds like some big things are ahead, Omar, and I can't wait to see it all happen. And then lastly, I want to ask, when you're not driving the Sprinter van or playing jazz music, what else do you like to do for fun? Oh, um, so for fun, uh, I'm a big time uh, surfer. Uh, I, I have a, there's a group of uh, actually jazz musician surfers that we like to go out and hit some waves. Um, I, I do have a family. I have two kids. Uh, one's in high school, the other one is just starting junior high. So not a lot of time for fun, but, um, but definitely, um, you know, just, just actually just driving the van around is pretty fun and being able to witness the joy that people experience from uh, live jazz is, is fun in itself. Now you are super brave for surfing out in these cold, cold waters <laughs> out here. Are you going to like Ocean Beach, Pacifica? Where do you usually surf? <laughs> so we, we go to uh, Lindemar and Pacifica. That's probably our home break. We also go to Santa Cruz quite a bit. We go to Ocean Beach when the waves aren't too hard for us, which is probably only three times a year. Bolinas is super cool. Uh, we just got back from a uh, trip to Southern California where the, where the water is much warmer. And that was awesome. But yeah, surfing is a blast. If you have a wetsuit, it's not that cold. It's very uh, bearable. Yeah, I see people out in these waters, though, um, especially I've been to like the Aquatic Cove over by North Beach area where I'm at. Or even at Ocean Beach, I see people going in no wetsuit and they're just swimming. So I admire those people. I mean, even to go in with the wetsuit is admirable. I got to get out there more.
Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, without a wetsuit, that's that's beyond me. Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, I feel like it's a little dangerous at that point, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> but exactly. Uh, yeah, Omar, I got to say thank you so much for taking the time to join the show and share your story. This was a lot of fun, and I would love to reconnect in person at an upcoming concert. That would be great, Brian. Thanks for having us on your podcast. This is the, the kind of support that we really need. And yeah, I hope you continue to enjoy jazz, and um, I'll see you at a very jazz Mobile show soon. What a fun chat with Omar this week. I loved hearing about his journey and all the wonderful things he's doing in the jazz community. The Bay Area Jazzmobile is a very unique story and their shows are a lot of fun. If you want to attend an upcoming show, be sure to check them out online at bayareajazzmobile.org or bayareajazzmobile on Instagram. To make things easier, I also put links in the episode description. But that just about wraps up episode 49. Be sure to circle back next Wednesday for episode 50 of the People Podcast.